This problem is solved. Welcome to episode number 99, the Wayne Gretzky episode of Grumpy Old Ben's for Friday, October 2nd, 2020. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where the Rona Destroyer is in office. And from America's left coast, where, hey, at least we're not Canada. I'm Ryan Bemrose. Hey, speaking of Canada, we have a very special guest today. And uh, you're you're from Canada. You're from a place way up north that nobody can mention. And your name, yes. we we can't even say. So you is that why you go by Cold Acid? Just a name that's too hard to say. Uh, it's actually a lot easier to say than my actual name. I know. Are you but are you are you hiding your identity, or is it just that your last name has been butchered so many times on the No Agenda show that you figure you would just boot it? More of the latter, and a little bit of. I'm just more easily identifiable as cold acid. All lowercase, though. Don't spell cold acid with a capital C. Correct. I, and I, no I, spaces. No capital A either. So, you, oh, wait. So I can't do a small C and then a capital everything else? Correct. It's I just all use all caps case, for everything. No spaces in it. All caps. No. 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 That's incorrect. Now, Canada is, uh, are they in a better place in the COVID game than the united states I and mean, we have the covid the rona avenger whatever uh, Lori lightfoot was calling herself in a very scary looking halloween costume i didn't get it yeah we're we're probably in a better place but you wouldn't know that from listening to our governments oh so you're still all completely locked down you should be scared wear masks, masks everywhere well that's uh, i mean it was interesting i think it was the cdc that had released a graphic and it was so simplified and so um i think a non-fact check that it was kind of scary but it was okay what happens with two people if you have somebody that's infected not wearing a mask and somebody they run into not wearing a mask they were like a hundred percent infection it's like well no 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 that that's not really how that works and then, of course, they had, is run into a euphemism for like deep throat kissing. Maybe I think so. Maybe then then maybe I can see where you would transfer the the virus. But then, of course, it was, well, if the person I mean, you can't even test for the virus unless you transfer it with like this nasal rape thing that they're doing. I, how can walking by somebody transfer it? I don't it, know. Considering that our medical chief of. uh of health or whatever, whatever her role is, Dr. Tam was telling people to wear masks while having sex. Well, I mean, that's so you can't see the other person. I mean, maybe yeah. the men and women in Canada, mm, you don't want to see the them. Paper, well, I mean, have you oh, no, seen we got a lot of hot women up here? Yeah, but is your, is you your health chief them. one of them? <laughs> maybe the health chief no. is not. See, that's okay. Uh, no, well, then not. maybe she needs a paper bag during sex. And she's that might jealous. be why. I don't know. Could be. It could be. But this the breakdown went then, you know, something like, well, if the person that's infected is wearing a mask, but the other person isn't, then there's still a whatever percent. And of course, the best was if the infected person's wearing a mask and the other person's wearing a mask, there's only like a one point five percent chance of transferring the virus. Like, no, 
there has not been enough studying to know that something like this is true. Do I believe there is a correlation? Sure. Are those numbers anywhere near correct? Probably not, like everything else that we've seen with this virus. But of course, the virus now, it's hit the Donald. It's hit 45. It's hit the POTUS, man. All in hell theory. is breaking loose. And I, yeah, okay, so first they of all, say. I yeah, I don't believe he that, that he's. Yeah, he's been he's been tested positive. That does not mean that he has the virus, and it does not mean that he's sick. Yeah, they probably when he gets they probably symptoms, did they probably did forty five cycles on him. <laughs> well, of course he's forty five, and this was well we got the precursor because Hope Hicks was the first one that had a positive result come back and working in the White House. She had traveled back and forth with the president to the debate. But they were saying she was showing symptoms as of yet. I haven't heard that the president or the first lady are showing symptoms, but I'm thinking this could be the October surprise. This could be one way for Trump to show. I mean, whether it's true or not, let's just assume that it is for a minute that he actually has the virus. He may not be sick, but let's just say he has covid. Well, he's going to get no doubt about it from everything we know about the Trump. He's going to get hydrochloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin, the Z-Pack. Didn't he already do that back in April? He was taking it prophylactically, he said, back in April. But now this, now that he's got the virus, oh, if he comes through, I mean, if he's like back a week from now going, hey, hey, I'm perfect, all this worked. See, these guys were all lying to you. Well, that's a big win for him. Whether it's true or not, it doesn't matter. Nothing has to be true anymore. Well, Metna just shared a link in the troll room saying that Trump's experiencing mild symptoms. And if that's all it is, then, you know, it's going to still blow a huge hole in all this. Everyone's got to wear masks. Everyone's going to die. Bullshit. I I was drinking vodka last night and I'm experiencing mild symptoms right now. (laughs) That is a correlation, though. See, so you're proving their point. Um, But Biden was not far enough away from donald trump and neither one was wearing a mask and you know they say that when people talk louder the virus spreads more and hey trump can talk loud so uh you know biden who's to say that biden isn't the reason he has it you know i i said that but illuminati pointed out too soon too soon that uh if biden (laughs) was the if he was the transmitter then it's too soon for trump to have had the positive test but i said that the thing And I've seen pictures and I don't know if any of this is real or not, because this is the world we live in that you don't know what you can trust as far as the media goes. But the thing that looked the most like what Biden had under his cuff during the debate was a thing for an intravenous line. So that I mean, who knows? He may have been sick. He was getting IV covid. Maybe, you know, he or he was already being treated for things coming in or I mean, I can't believe that that Biden has been exposed to the virus. He hasn't left his basement in five months. I know. Wouldn't that be a bitch to get it? Then the one day you go out, <laughs> that's, that's bad luck. <laughs> but, you know, they said it was the rosary Maybe that he it was carries. IV hydrochloroquine. And I don't believe that it is the rosary because they showed pictures. I mean, these are the kind of uh, websites. This is the kind of media that we have now, because if you saw the website that was debunking this thing that, oh, Biden was wired. He had something underneath his sleeve, but he carries a rosary for his son. And here, here's a picture of the rosary in his, you know, underneath the cuff in the same area when he was on Megyn Kelly. And it's like those 
two things look nothing alike. So there's something there, yes, but it was not a rosary. The thing sticking out was certainly not a bead, and it certainly wasn't a cross coming down, which is at the end of a rosary. For people who don't know, it's basically a necklace type thing that has a bunch of beads, and then there's a cross at the bottom. Now, so what? I, I just just a philosophy question or religion question, maybe. Why would people carry that? Is this because uh, of like a fallen? This isn't the same son who's who should be under indictment for corruption in Ukraine, is it? No, the one that passed away. He does have a son that died and he carries that in remembrance of him. And that's something people could do. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, Biden is a Catholic, although he has done a lot of things which would seem to show that he's maybe not that serious about his faith. Um, you know, I have a rosary back from when I was a youngster that my parents got when they went to Italy that was blessed by Pope John Paul II, the second, uh, the last good pope that we've had. And <laughs> it is a, you know, it is a memento. There's no question about it. And the people that are Catholic, they take the rosaries to be something that's serious, you know, those blessed by a pope even more so. So I have no problem with Biden carrying a remembrance of his fallen son. This just wasn't it, because the other thing you noticed, one of the photos, Biden was holding his hand upwards and the thing was coming out from underneath his cuff. I hate to tell you, a rosary actually has weight to it and gravity doesn't work that way. So this seems like it was something very light that was attached to some kind of tubing or something that was not bending and not, uh, you know, gravity and a necklace type thing. Wouldn't do that. Perhaps they were his web shooters for when his spider sense started tingling. Oh, that could be. That is kind of (laughs) what you think. You know, that's his little IV thing. I mean, I don't have any doubt that Biden was probably getting some kind of, you know, one, just fluids. I could see that for the debate. Two, I could see that if he does have any sort of medical issue, and most people seem to think that he does because of all the gaffes that he's been having. And if he is going into, an early stage of dementia. My grandmother, one of my grandmothers had dementia early. Have you seen an interview with him in the last six months? This is not early. Well, no, he's keeping it together enough. I mean, I had one grandmother that had dementia, one that had Alzheimer's. They are slightly different things. Now, the dementia would my grandmother and this was thing we missed early on because people really didn't even know that much about dementia just a few decades ago. Would my parents would say, go on vacation. I would call my grandmother, see what was making, you know, check on her. Oh, well, where'd your parents go? When are they coming back? You know, and then 10 minutes later, oh, where did your parents go? When are they coming back? Your the short term memory is gone. The long term memory, maybe not so much. And I haven't seen Biden totally going into this full bore as what I've seen from other people. But it does seem like it's it's the early stage. And there are drugs that you can take that will enhance your memory, if even for a short period of time. And I'm thinking that maybe is why you would have an IV line going in. He got the good stuff right before the debate. It would make sense. It also would make sense why maybe they wanted to have two breaks. Maybe they thought, hey, we can get him. You know, think of uh, NASCAR. Let's go get him to do a pit stop. We'll give him a little bit more of the drugs over a five minute break and he'll go back out there and be good. Well, but that, that makes perfect sense. But what have we been talking about for the last 10 minutes? I, I uh, oh, COVID. Um, the rosary the the, yeah religion the conspiracy theories i mean we have cold acid on we have to talk about conspiracy theories don't we 
the symptoms of dementia are not significantly different than the symptoms of not paying attention to you. <laughs> well, then Joe Biden is not paying attention to us. I, I, I'm OK with that. Yeah. I, yeah. We, we do. There are certain so, radars you would like to fall under. That is that is absolutely true. And I don't think this is a big deal. The whole Trump having coronavirus. But one, the markets no, are crashing. I, I, the the I, I, I have to I'm trying not to, but I have to go into a rant about the entire concept of, you know, it started out 14 days to flatten the curve curve, yeah flatten the curve and the idea i mean it it it, okay suppose this virus is out in the open which it is so i'm told so i i have to believe that um it everybody wearing masks and staying home being afraid of it what what are you accomplishing with with disastrous side effects on the economy is you are delaying the onset of this thing yes now if you take a tiny portion, say the people who are more susceptible to dying from this, like the really old people, um, and you protect them away behind masks and in quarantine, that makes sense. And that's what we've done for a lot of, of epidemics in the past. But when you take all of the healthy young people, then, you, you know, for, first of all, uh, you can't quarantine forever. I, I know that all of the, the governors in this country are, except for Ron DeSantis, whom I get, give my massive applause for. Um, and, and the, the one from South Dakota who never closed down, I, you know, suddenly want to live there, but all of these people who are like, we can quarantine forever. No, no, we can't because eventually you will have a fucking revolution on your hands. I'm just disappointed. It's taking this long, but it, when the quarantine ends, which I have to have faith that it will, because that's the only thing that keeps me from going into drunken rage, then we're going to be right back where we started, where nobody has ever seen this virus before. Nobody has immunity. It's out in the public and we're all going to get sick. Why? Well, the point of a quarantine for groups that are are susceptible for the, the people, you know, like the, the seniors. The whole point of the quarantine is you keep them safe until society has developed herd immunity. But if you shut down all of society, nobody gets herd immunity. And the fucking thing is just waiting out there like a time bomb. And if we ever go back to having a society again, we're all going to get the fucking virus anyway. What? Where is the logic in this? The only thing that makes sense is that these fucking governors are like, well, if I can just push the kick the ball down the road until I'm not in office anymore, then I can have my political legacy, which is selfish. And I'm angry about it. Exactly. No, I mean, it's weird because it's all fucking backwards. It's all fucking backwards. It is. I mean, quarantines, you're supposed to take the sick people and separate them from everyone else. Instead, what have we done this time? We've we've quarantined all the healthy people. And what the fuck do you think is going to happen? All you're doing is, like Bemrose saying, delaying the inevitable, inevitable, whatever the word is. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I like in yeah, inevitable. Whatever, whatever you said first, I like better. I'm not even going to try to say it, but it's weird because when you hear things like what's going on in the Bayer area, John Dvorak on No Agenda pointing out that he can't even go to an ophthalmologist because they're all closed because everything's completely still under quarantine which is just bizarre because being in the chicago area 
we had that for a few weeks. And while there are still some things shut down, restaurants are open, although at a you know smaller capacity than full capacity. You know, I've been to multiple doctor's appointments. My wife's been back at work after, you know, was off for about a month and her business never actually closed. And there's not a problem. People are treating it like the shit I had to go through just to go to the dentist for this. I mean, effective. I mean, technically it was uh, elective because I could have put it off, but my fucking tooth was going to fall out. And I mean, you know, the screenings beforehand so that I could be the only fucking person in the lobby. They, they actually, they, they called me up and were like, okay, well, when you arrive, make sure that you stay in your car until we tell you, you can come in. Right. And that's so they can only have one person in the lobby at a time. I go through all these fucking temperature screenings and blood pressure and shit like that. And then they're like, you have to put on a mask while you're in the lobby. I'm like, I'm going into a chair where you're, I can't wear a mask while you're working in my mouth. You could try. Yeah, I went through all that too for my last dental checkup. They had they called the day before to ask you if you've been out of the country, have you been in contact with somebody who's tested positive, have you tested positive or are waiting for test results? And then they say, "Okay, well, drive on over tomorrow and sit in your car and call the office when you're there and we'll say when you can come in." Oh, so they let you come in. They don't make the dentist go out to your car like a drive through thing. <laughs> you just sit no, in your car. No. <laughs> well, that, That'd be nice, how- but I don't think my car seat reclines enough for that. <laughs> nice. We, we've also been dealing with a sick cat, and that is how our vet has been working, is they have not allowed anybody inside the building in six months. It's, you know, please stay in your car out in the parking lot and we will come get your pet. Yeah, they did that with my brother's cat, too. My brother's cat needed a tooth removed, even. Oh, so just like Bemrose. Yeah. That's the cat you should have had. You guys could have been simpatico together. Uh, I, I, my cat has plenty of problems. I don't need. <laughs> actually, one, one of them did have a tooth removed about seven, eight years ago. You know, so it's, it's an it interesting a- thing because somebody pointed out in the No Agenda Social, which is like Twitter, but better. If you want an invite, go to grumpyoldbens.com. The death rate. For people that are under was under 60 or 70 years old, maybe under 60 was for people that even had gotten the virus. It was like one half of one percent. And they were wondering just how deadly a brand new untested vaccine would be on the population, because there's going to be some collateral damage from a vaccine. Will it be under one half of one percent? I don't know. Bishop was asking about that this morning in No Agenda Social. That must have been what Uh, I saw. Yeah. Um, I I actually went ahead and looked it up. I did five minutes of research there. Um, So I can I can throw this link in the show notes. But it was uh, uh, so the HRSA, which is the Health Resources Service Administration that manages the vaccine compensation program, um, according to their October fact sheet. Um, it has been about one vaccine injury per million, uh, vaccinations since 1988. Well, that's pretty damn low. Now that's only payouts. If you count all claims, it's closer to three per million. And I don't know that everybody who gets injured by this claims it. In fact, I would venture a guess that, uh, only a tiny, tiny fraction of people will go try to get payouts who get injured by vaccines, but I have no data to back that up. So I'm working from there. Um, 
So COVID deaths, if you once you account for the uh, no comorbidity, no comorbidities, it's easy for me to say, um, you, you know, you multiply by that, then you take the 200,000 that you're seeing on CNN and you multiply by 6%, you're, you're going to come to about 30 deaths per million. So uh, just throwing numbers out there, it looks like COVID is still more dangerous than the well-tested vaccines. Yes, which would make but sense. You would think that, um, you know, the, the question, there's lots and lots of variables. And, and that would, like I said, that was five minutes of analysis um, and, and some napkin scratching. But, OK, well, um, if, if you have these untested vaccines, which are being, you know, skipping their trials entirely and being rushed out to the general populace, do you honestly think they're going to be as safe as as the things that we've already been, you know, been have given to billions of people? and uh, are I, I don't know. I, I vaccines may well be safer than getting COVID, but not by as much as we're being led to believe by the media. Right. Like I said, I still think Trump's going to come through this and hydrochloroquine's going to be a win. I think this may be the Trump October surprise. Maybe I'm crazy, but him getting COVID oh, unless he, unless he actually uh, actually actually passes away, uh, he wins because he's going to come through this and be like, hey. I beat this. See, I can beat well, this. I can beat Joe. He's over 70. He is actually in the group that has to be concerned about that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. No question yep. about it. Well, we can talk about COVID all day. I know you'd love talking about it, Ryan, but uh, we have no, cold acid, you. who is a a certified programmer. And there's a lot to talk about. I mean, NVIDIA's well, drivers are certifiable. That is that's true. NVIDIA's drivers still suck. I just want to point that out. They came out with the updated driver so i decided to try that this morning because it came out days ago Uh oh and uh this time it didn't crash on paypal it crashed on twitter so i went back well rolled then it no back harm again. done yeah no harm done uh, same problem yeah. though which is turning the monitors off and not allowing them to come back on without a hard reboot so uh you know it, it's concerning when i'm seeing articles like on the bleeping computer about nvidia fixing several high severity flaws in their display driver it's like well yeah but your fixes are crashing my computer so do better do better but there's there's a no-win situation to a certain extent i get it there's always going to be issues kind of like the vaccine i guess it's just a question of how many devices are affected and what the what the fallout is but it, it, well, drivers are always a pain in the ass. The problem is the people who are working on the hardware don't know how to deal with software and vice versa. The problem is, is at least AMD yeah. puts in a lot more effort to make sure that these people are able to talk to each other and and create drivers that won't crash whenever you look at the computer funny. And NVIDIA just doesn't give a fuck. This has been a thing for years as well, is that NVIDIA would be tight ass on their tech specs so that you couldn't get decent open source drivers for like Linux and stuff. And their Linux drivers have been absolute crap for years. And now it seems like they're using their Linux the, drivers the, on Windows. The, their Windows drivers have never been that much better. No, they haven't. But when, when it it's works, it's been a lucky, lot worse but... recently. Well, that's the joy. Well, with AMD, I've never actually had any real problems with AMD and previously ATI drivers. 
originally I was all about ATI because they were a Canadian company. They were based in uh, they're based in Markham, Ontario, not that far drive from me. And then they got bought by AMD. And I was going to say AMD. AMD has always been a good chip company, even even when even when they were uh, not doing all that well. They've always been considered a second source for Intel uh, CPUs since the 80s. And they're the ones who actually led the successful drive for bringing the x86 architecture into the 64-bit world. Intel's <laughs> efforts at Intel's that idea were, was, was Itanium. Intel's, yeah. And then their attempts the, the to... Uh, yeah. It, Intel just completely dropped the ball on it. And AMD ran. And, and even today, like AMD's 64-bit... Uh, x86 processors blow intels out of the water that's why i'm running a zen chip in my computer well x86 64 is is now the standard for everything which amd came up with that was their that i i did like the the itanium for one reason and that was they made tremendous space heaters they used so much power they had a little war yeah they're, they're they were great they if you lived up here in canada and didn't have uh didn't have central heating in your house you did now yeah, i'm I think that the the thing that you really nailed there is the idea that um, it, it it is a rare engineer that is good at both hardware and software, which was the purpose of uh, back in the early 2000s, like 004, 05, there was a big push, at least amongst Microsoft, which is where I was, uh, to push class drivers for every single one of your devices. and. That's why, for example, uh, you can plug in a, a USB microphone or headset and you don't even need to install drivers because the drivers are already there. It just uses the USB class driver that knows how to talk to a microphone. It, it, it's a, a standard hardware interface. So your hardware guys can put together hardware that meets a standard hardware interface. And then Microsoft wrote the driver and the driver knows how to interact with Windows, at least as well as anything else in Windows does, which is generally better than than a lot of the hardware guys can write. And this ushered out the the era of XP. Like you remember back in, uh, you know, in Windows 2000 XP, I mean, this is a while ago. But uh, if you ever got uh, uh, a motherboard or, you know, built your own computer, you always had to go get a. Uh, uh, like a creative sound blaster right. add-on card to put in because you could never use the onboard audio because the motherboard audio was crap and it had to be creative because they were the only ones who knew how to build a driver. In fact, um, I, I don't even know how many times I you know, had shit break with Realtek drivers, which was, of course, the they were the ones who mass produced everything, but it was all utter crap. And, it, it, you know, I, I was working in audio at the time. Um, and and I actually worked on the Microsoft class driver where we had to strong arm Realtek and say, no, no, you go ahead and make your hardware conform to this hardware spec and we'll write the drivers. So you stop blue screening our operating system. <laughs> and the whole reason I brought it up yeah. is we did that. We did that in the audio space, which is what I was working on. Uh, we did that in networking, Wi-Fi, uh, you know, class drivers for all these types of devices, uh, mouse and keyboard. Um, the one place where we suffered so much pushback that we abandoned the idea of a class driver was graphics. And that is why NVIDIA and AMD still write their own drivers. And that's why 
you're still getting the problems that you're seeing right now, which is if you don't install the 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 400 megabyte software package that you know creates its auto updaters and and the the you know connection hardware and the thing that scans your fucking process space and is like oh i noticed that you're playing this game we're gonna load a profile from the you know, and you can't get a driver without all of this garbage from the effectively bloatware is because they pushed back so hard that on microsoft that we can't get a class driver for video in fact the only class driver we have for video is the the safe mode basic video 640 by 480 that nobody can use yeah the old vga driver yeah that that's the the last common class driver that you can get well and, i know that with amd you you can't actually get the driver separate from all the bloatware it's just that they make it really difficult to find that particular download oh yeah well, the, the method that I use is I always just take the, you know, here, here's a hint. If, if somebody gives you a self-extracting executable, usually you can change the extension from exe to zip, and then you crack that shit open. You can unpack the archive. And if it's not, uh, if it's not like some kind of encrypted format, usually it's just a zip file that with a little executable code for extracting it. With most of these drivers, if you unpack the zip file, you can find a .inf in there somewhere that points to your driver and then you manually install that. What a pain in the ass. The problem is, though, as well, is that there's multiple different drivers. So there's multiple different INF files you have to go through to and figure out which one or which set of them you need to actually yeah. install. They don't they don't make it easy. No, no, not at all. Why would they? I think the I think the difference between AMD and NVIDIA on this is that AMD does a lot better internal documentation of their stuff. So their their driver writers are able to do a better job of creating the drivers and not put the system in a state that crashes the computer. And NVIDIA doesn't bother to really do that sort of documentation for themselves. They don't. Do yeah, they don't do as much testing against the operating system, and like you were saying, Microsoft has been the has been the biggest improver of hardware drivers in the last twenty years or so, and to the point that certain other operating systems actually provide the interfaces needed to use certain network drivers that were originally intended to be Windows only. I know that FreeBSD use like the endis drivers the networking drivers from windows because it provides it provides the interfaces that those drivers require out of its own kernel but a lot of these uh, one of the biggest problems too is like with the microsoft system with the class drivers you can still extend those class drivers with the with your own if you've got like special features in your hardware and it'll still use the class drivers except for the stuff that you're overriding. And then with with like Linux and the BSDs and stuff for a driver, you're just expected to to write right against the kernel's internal interfaces and and well you see how few decent drivers there are for any sort of hardware that is uncommon because nobody wants to bother writing those. It's a lot easier when you have something where you have like the class interface and you can just extend that as needed. Well, that's why you see the problems like, you know, I had to get rid of the focus, right? 
device. I don't know how it works for John C. Dvorak because the focus right in Windows, the Scarlet devices just were garbage for me. We just gave a bunch of problems, a bunch of clicking and popping and all that. And it's like, I just want something that works. The average person just wants something that works. They don't want to have to go through all of the hoops to make sure the device is working properly. And there's nothing worse than doing a whole podcast and then going back and listening to the recording and going, oh, yeah, my drivers were crap. Well, okay, this is why all, Windows honestly, and Macs are so popular, because you don't have to do as much work to make sure everything's doing its shit properly. Honestly, do you think Dvorak has ever gone back and listened to a podcast he's done after the fact? Maybe, maybe no. not. He definitely sounds way different on dh unplugged you know i've mentioned that before every time i tune into a live stream of dh unplugged i'm like what happened to john it's like oh wait it doesn't have adam's magic motu processing adam does a ridiculous amount of work to make john sound good yeah Yeah. john is also the kind of person who he he's a little bit like me where if if he finds a setup that works for him then he will like block updates to all those components (laughs) and well i mean in john's case i think He's probably running the same Windows 7 machine, you know, the the recording machine. Like, it's probably okay because that's the only thing he ever uses it for is recording. But I, I mean, at some point, you just imagine that he's like, okay, I found it. the The sound works. Everything works. It's not popping stuff up. Disable everything, and and it doesn't sound safe and and for anybody who's really familiar with with how computer security works it's frightening as hell to be to do that but that's a very rational thing to do that's what people want is is i want this to behave like an appliance make it work make it do what i need it to do and stop fucking with it yeah stability would be nice he should just pull one of his old amigas out of storage uh, get it recapped and use that for doing uh, all his recording. It's decent. You know, those it's supported, decent enough. Just needs a bit of custom software written for it. If if those supported the class driver for his mic and supported clean feed, I bet he would. <laughs> Does he u- use a USB mic? He uses a P, uh, Heil PR forty going into the Scarlet Focusrite going into his Windows machine by a USB. Mm, so it would be a bit more than just setting up uh, an old Amiga. And plugging stuff into it then a little bit, but Hey, you're the guy. I mean, you could do it. Yeah. I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting a vampire, uh, pretty soon. I paid for it. I'm just waiting for it to actually be shipped and delivered to me. What is a vampire? I I have a pretty good idea what a vampire is, but I don't think that's what you're getting. Unless, unless (laughs) not the blood sucking type, not the blood sucking type. Okay. So it's it's pretty much a re-implementation of an Amiga. Horror movies delivered to your on, house. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a re-implementation of an Amiga on FPGA. So for those who don't know what an FPGA is, it's, a, it's essentially a programmable CPU. Like, you can say, like, yeah. how how it'll work. And have that blown mm-hmm. into the blown into the chip or Was loaded it, it field, at startup. Field programmable gate array. That is it. Yes. Yeah. Nerds. Okay. So um, this yeah, this I'll, German group has created a couple of Amiga expansion boards with this uh with this FPGA on it. And they've also got a standalone, which is what I've ordered. Why? Because I mean, why I'm would you that order much it into cool, retro computing. But why would, would anyway I okay. I don't know. I I I started on uh I started on a an 
8086 clone with MS DOS. So I don't have the the Amiga period of my life that seems to, like every single person who had an Amiga has it seems to be dominated by nostalgia for this one system. And I never used one, so maybe I don't understand. But like, I guess I have zero nostalgia for MS DOS 2.1. <laughs> You're not actually wanting to get back to that. I had a TRS 80 color computer and. Yeah, it was cool at the time, but yeah, I wouldn't want to go back to it. Yeah, trash eighty. Yeah, and you're, you're. I've always been a Commodore guy. I mean, my the first computer I ever got to use was my grandparents' Commodore sixty four when I was like five, six years old. I learned how to program on that thing. Uh, sure, because the operating person system basic, was basic. Then I learned sixty five oh two assembly. You're doing a little basic programming at five or six years old, yeah. getting your getting your feet wet. That's when the hacking yeah. began, huh? Yeah. Lo- yeah. I, bl- I blame them for my choice of career. Hey, well, there's nothing wrong with that. For my choice of career. If they hadn't let me play around with the Commodore 64 so much, then probably who knows what I'd be. Who, yeah, you could be you could be wasting your life being a lawyer or a doctor or, a or something like that or a podcaster. Yeah, well, I'm already a podcaster. My <laughs> life is wasted. Yeah, I know. Well, you got to bring your mic down a little. You are a little hot. You're redlining in the clean feed but i mean i get i'm probably too close to the mic <laughs> well see but that's okay you're I mean, probably using yeah. something like a snowball yeah who i mean what kind of a professional podcaster uses a snowball well i haven't been redlining inside a voice meter but i've been getting kind of close the, the banana i mean i understand the no, i'm using potato oh wh- why banana is better than potato People That's are, not what you told me before. That, everybody that depends on like what you're, that. what else you're putting in the blender, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I th- I thought the uh, there now I thought it was it went potato and then banana, right? Or is is potato the most uh, advanced? Uh, Potato is the most advanced. Okay, then I'm just getting it backwards. Then that's that's the one you want to be on. You want it's like a good Irish. I should remember. You've got to be on the potato. But I mean, I get the nostalgia because I kind of miss every now and then the Apple Two E, just the simplicity of the games i mean that was when things were fun you know when you would go in and play something well one zork which i mean now you can do in a browser very easily with just plain text but even the early like castle wolfensteins and stuff like that with the very rudimentary graphics and the The original ultima games yeah the 8-bit sound i mean there's something to be said for people that lived through that, I get it. Now, anybody who didn't live through that time period would look at the original Castle Wolfenstein and be like, uh, it's not 3D. It's stupid. I don't even understand why you would play this. And it's like, but it, it was awesome. Yeah. I, it, w- with all due respect, um, I, I don't think you have any idea what you're talking about with regards to games. The, uh, Zork was a lot of fun in the space, and it, it definitely tickles nostalgia. Yeah, at the but time. You put somebody... You, you you show somebody you'd be like here on one hand is a text-based adventure game where you're going to spend all of your time trying to figure out what verbs to type in and look if you left. type the wrong thing look then, left yeah and if you type the wrong thing three times in a row you have to go back to the very beginning of the game and uh, honestly if you want to finish it your only option is either you know 10 hours of frustration or go look at a guide and here on the other <laughs> side Here's an Elder Scrolls game or a Fallout game or, uh, you know, uh, Borderlands or uh, there are a lot of games out there. And and granted, they don't all appeal to everybody, but modern games don't all suck. Then now the the business models behind modern games can be pretty bad. I want to go back to Zork and be like, 
hit Bemrose with the frying pan. Okay, uh, no, hit Bemrose with the lead pipe. No, uh, hit Bemrose with, yeah, and then and then ultimately you figure out that the problem was your use of the word with when it, <laughs> you know, right? Yeah, I it's it's like it's like a game and a grammar lesson all in one, except that the grammar is is completely off. And then it would like get mad when you swore. That was that was cute way back then. Yeah, I yeah. I don't need a game for that. I have you. <laughs> We don't we don't censor I, much. I was never too big on those text adventures, graphic adventures, uh, RPGs. Those were more my thing. A few arcade style games on the Commodore 64 as well. Yeah. Like no, Space Taxi yeah. or Battle Through Time. Well, the uh, text based stuff, though, kind of was wasteland. reminiscent of Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, wasteland. Oh, yeah. So and if you, played, if you played a lot of uh, if you played a lot of tabletop RPGs, then you're probably pretty decent with the text adventures in most cases, so long as you're able to work within the grammar that's allowed. And honestly, Infocom stuff was a lot nicer on uh, on the grammar than most other yeah. text adventures. They had or, or a the, really good uh, parser for that, or, or the scum stuff where they completely rev- they completely uh, revolutionized the UI by having a point and click instead. Oh yeah, yeah that fast was forwarding too much. No, I mean that was. Um, I mean, is it sad that we remember when that was like revolutionary? <laughs> that was revolutionary. <laughs> it showed you a graphical image on the screen, and you clicked on the image to give your inputs instead of instead of telling you a text description and telling you to type something. Well, that you was, still had to type or click the verbs down at the bottom of the screen, and then oh yeah, yeah, a lot of things you'd have to go pixel hunting for. That was a pain in the ass. Yeah, pixel. Oh there's yeah, that a, was there's the, a few pixel, pixel hunting, hunting games. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I never did finish Maniac Mansion. Well, see, now you have some free time. You're home. You're under quarantine. <laughs> yeah, just uh, just fire up DOSBox or find like a Apple II emulator or or grab Vice for. Any Commodore games? I mean, people are bringing back bulletin board systems. Come on, the what is retro is in. Yeah, yeah actually, there have been recent there have been recent updates to this uh, BBS software for the Amiga. Like, not for connecting to one, but hosting one from an Amiga. So wait, you have to like create a virtual machine on your your Raspberry Pi or your FPGA just so you can run the BBS software. Yeah, or you could run it out of, uh, say, uh, WinUAE, right, on uh, on a Windows emulator for it. And, and this is how this is superior to just running uh, a, a Windows program or a Linux program. How? It's not about whether it's superior or not. It's about the nostalgia. It's about the cool factor. Yeah, something I, you'll n- never exactly. understand. Uh, all I'm Ooh. saying <laughs> is that nostalgia nostalgia just isn't what it used to be. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, it's different. Thanks. I, I was taking a sip of water there. I almost spat it out on my keyboard. <laughs> and then you would need I, a new n- one. Just, just remember that a sense of nostalgia is what brought us the Transformers movies. Mm. Fair enough. Yeah, but we did get Megan Fox in one, right? I mean, that was kind of worth it. I don't know. Maybe he's got was, you there. Yeah, yeah. But if if I want porn, I can get porn without the bad acting and dialogue. Wait, you have no, porn? You can't. I was like, where, what porn are you looking at that has good acting and dialogue? It's, it's very still images. It's a very high bar that he has for things. I don't quite understand it, but I'm sorry. But if if I'm going to compare the the porn plot and dialogue of of your average porno movie 
versus a Michael Bay movie. I, I don't know if you've got a, a spot to stand on there. Progo, Brendan Kidwell wants us to give a little uh, love to noagendabbs.com. So there is a No Agenda BBS out there in the wild. People should go well, check I'm it out. I have to check that out. You know, this is yeah, that is the nostalgia. I mean, how, I, how many lines does it have? You know, I don't know, but that was the that was the biggest problem. And I don't know why the TRS-80 color computer, it only had, it was only 32 characters wide in a 40 character wide world. So going <laughs> yeah. to any bulletin board, everything just wrapped horribly. I mean, it was like, oh, geez, you know, oh, uh, see, we, we assumed 80 when when I was running a BBS, you would have hated me. Yeah, yeah, it wouldn't have worked. But I mean, it was an interesting time when this stuff was new. You know, the one, the one BBSs were awesome. And just like Adam Curry talks about running some stuff where it's like, hey, we got a 20 meg hard drive. I remember when the guy from the Ripco BBS, which is the big infamous bulletin board that was run out of the Chicago area that had all of the, you know, the dangerous files, you know, the anarchist cookbook and all that other kind of stuff. When he was upgrading to a 20 meg drive, like, oh, we'll never need more for the files. It's like <laughs> you do now. <laughs> uh, my my first hard drive was 40 megabytes and it was on my second computer. So you're too young. That's the problem. You weren't yeah. around doing this. And I mean, I guess I got the color computer. Like I, I was around. I was around doing this in shit. When did I get my uh, 85? That's I want to say is when I got it. my first computer. Yeah. yeah. The acoustic coupler modem for anybody who's never had to actually put a phone handset into a modem you're missing out cold acid is like 80s you geezers i know he's like <laughs> i had a commodore 64 and that was at five years old it's like what how old yeah, are yeah, you it was already and that was also the, 1997 uh, yeah no that was 80, 88 89 that's when they started let me play with the electronics g88 i graduated from high school in 88 yeah, my yep. youngest brother Feeling was old. born in 88. Canadian. Feeling old. Yeah. But my, that's, yeah, my yeah, youngest I'm, brother. I'm a young guy. My youngest I'm brother young turns 40. You guys. My youngest brother turns 40 in a few months. Oh, Bemlet. Yeah. Is there going to be a party? Probably. Am I going to be invited? I don't doubt it. <laughs> well, okay. Now, if you are, I'm just guessing you may need to take the following week off, but uh, to recuperate. But Well, uh, that, that depends on whether or not there will be masks involved. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're still in that in that little area. I mean, I turned 50 under quarantine. The wife just turned 50 under, you know, all this kind of crap. Uh, It's, you know, it doesn't really bother me because I don't like going out anyway. And that's uh, a total side note. I just got my voter's guide for the November election. Oh, are you going to vote? Well, I duh. Didn't you already get your ballots before that? Yes. The ballots come in way before the voter's guides. Not for the November election. The, the ballots will probably be arriving soon. No, Washington has been doing the elections for a while and they actually kind of have a clue. Um, I mean, not only do they understand how to conduct an election by mail, but they also know all of the tricks to make sure that the election results come out their way. Right. Right. I was going to say not yeah. fairly. You they make sure he, they get the results. So they the want. secretary of state and I'm, I'm not exactly sure what led to this, but um, apparently cut off. Uh, uh, the deadline for getting into the voters thing. Um, the Republican who got the the only other person on the ballot for governor in this state who got the second most amount of votes amongst thirty thousand or thirty six people um, did not meet the deadline 
to get their statement into the voters pamphlet. So for governor, there are exactly two entries. There's Jay Inslee with a whole bunch of progressive bullshit in his statement. And there's Lauren Culp, who is the only other person on the ballot. And it just says no statement submitted. Nice. Oh, that's not yeah. gonna, that's not going to take anybody and uh, sway them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Inslee might as well be running unopposed. Well, isn't that the way he likes it? I mean, in, that's in a how fair the election is the only up way anyways. Yeah. The yeah. counted so ones, in, at least. I, uh, the left coast is lost. The, at this point, the only thing that can save us is a 10.5 earthquake. And I do recommend that everybody listening in you, cold you ass native Canada, earthquake. you get some ballots, you send them in to the American election. There's no reason why you can't take part. Yeah. I, I, it I'd wouldn't be, be any more fraudulent than what they're already doing, right? Exactly. No, it, it, it would be hard. And, and even if cold acid got uh, an, a ballot and submitted it, if, you know, his vote for president of the United States counts exactly as much as mine. Well, yeah, that is the issue. Yeah, they That's, wouldn't count it because it would be marked for Trump. <laughs> be like no we can't have that which is why we kind of brought that up in the last episode the electoral college i kind of get why that they should uh not give the states should not have to just give them all you you i want people to be encouraged to vote and we know there are states that will never go and this goes both ways but these states with the big populace you know the big cities like california in Illinois, in New York, you know which way the state's going to go. And this keeps a lot of people from the the ballot box because they just figure the same thing. My vote's not going to really mean anything. It's not going to count. And, 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 and that would be sound logic if the only thing on the ballot was the presidential race. But there is a ton oh, people don't of vote. local races of local of, of small, you know, your, your secretary of state, your your governor, although yeah. apparently the fix is in here, um, your your well, local representative. There's a yeah. ton of things that you need to vote for. You know, I am going to get my ballot. I'm going to fill it out and I'm going to turn it in. And I'm probably going to mark down something in the slot for president, despite knowing that that means absolutely nothing. The only reason I'm going to do it is because I got to turn the ballot in anyway, because the down ballot stuff is the important stuff. But here on the left coast, all of my state's electors are going to go to a, a demented, senile old man. Uh, and I, I accept that. But that's not why I vote. So what happens? See, I posed this question on the socials earlier today. Now, with the Rona out there, with Trump having it, with Biden having it, what if Biden and Trump both kick off before the election? Then what happens? Then we get to choose between Kamala and Pence. Really? So they are those are locked in. Then that's the ballot is still the ballot. And basically, you're still voting the Biden and the Trump ballots. You're just well, going to the then, ballots are locked in. Well, right. Bar, barring any barring any. Uh, what's the term that like the electors, unfaithful electors? Well, that's true, too. That's the interesting thing with the Electoral College is they don't have to vote the way the state votes. That's. Uh, um. Actually, the Supreme yeah, if, Court, if, the Supreme Court had a case only this year. Uh, well, they decided a case this year that was brought from 2016, where states now have the right to punish faithless electors. Ooh, like yeah, but that's still after the fact. Not always. Um, I, no. I I don't remember which I don't remember which state it was, but there was a state that uh, if if an uh, if a fa- if an elector 
votes against the way the popular vote the state was. I don't remember which one this was. Nebraska, I don't know, but call it a state. Um, there, there was a state rule that said if the elector doesn't vote the way that the state wanted, then the state will interrupt, nullify that vote and replace the elector at that moment. Like they have another person huh. standing by. So if they try to vote the opposite in. way during this process, they can be yanked immediately. Yes. So and, there goes and the, there goes Kanye becoming president if <laughs> Trump and uh, Biden both kick out. And the Supreme Court has uh, ruled that it is legal for states to create these rules. Well, it's uh, because we have a federated system and the states can do whatever they want. Which makes sense. I mean, these are the checks and balances. The biggest check we have is the Supreme Court. And that's where the scary part of this election comes in more than anything else. The fact that neither Biden nor Harris will answer the question, um, do you plan on stacking the Supreme Court? So when they refuse to answer that, that's a bad thing. That is even if they did answer, if it would you believe them? No, but at least no, then you would have the audio to go back to with like, hey, you said this. I mean, it wouldn't matter, but at least you'd have the audio to point back to and say, hey, you said you weren't going to do this. But if you stack the court with a bunch of activist judges, that will totally remove any protection that the average citizen has for things like the Second Amendment, the First Amendment, all of this stuff will disappear. It is. It appears under a Biden and Harris watch, especially if they do get the Senate and the House. It's going to be a really bad thing for everybody that lives here. I so can I've, see a potential second civil war if that happens, if they stack the court like that. I agree. <laughs> Nothing else has caused it, has made people get up and step away from their fucking television and Facebook. Why do you think this one will? Yeah, yeah, I guess the question is how many people understand what that means. Like, oh, OK, there's nine now. I mean, why not? Why not make 20? Well, because then that is uh, taking the balance of power and making it completely political like Sotomayor. I don't think she's ever voted uh, not in an activist way. And there's like that. The same thing. Clarence Thomas has probably always voted in a very conservative way. And that is the one thing that bugs me about the Supreme Court is that this should be a legitimate group of people who can interpret the law the way that it was meant to be rather or, or than at least the only people in Washington, D.C. you can reasonably expect to have read the Constitution. Yes, you would certainly hope. And the fact that the Democrats are also talking about term limits for Supreme Court justices shows you how corrupt they uh, are. Okay, that That actually is not allowed by the constitution no but that is that's one, one of the things, things the want. constitution actually specifies right. it doesn't say how many people can be on the supreme court but it does say they're there for life yes. or until they retire well and the reason being this takes away political pressure because once you're on the yeah. court your job is never going to be at risk so allegedly that means you can do the right thing and not worry whether Unfortunately, it also means that you can do the wrong thing and not worry. Right. Well, that's that's also very true, which is why there are nine of these justices. And this is, again, you know, a balance. And what people don't get. OK, let's just say right now 
you know, even if this was and it's certainly not. But let's just say this was nine conservative justices. If a liberal candidate like Joe Biden gets in and then is able to say, oh, we're going to have 20 justices now. And then, well, who's going to appoint those 11 new justices? He is. And it doesn't matter. You know, if you have the House and Senate, as we talked about on grumpy old Ben's before, if Ryan Bemrose or Darren O'Neill, if we were nominated as a Supreme Court justice and we just were made it through the process, I, I couldn't. There's nobody in my history that would have to be able to claim rape. Right. Well, they'd find somebody. I'm sure they would. That's never real. I mean, that's 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 actors. That's, uh, you know, that's the the way the system works. But you don't have to have a law degree. You don't have to be a judge. You don't have to be a law. You know, nothing. You can be on the Supreme Court. As long as we're we're speculating about weird things that aren't necessarily prohibited by the Constitution, but are completely ridiculous. Sure. Um, Suppose that uh, either Biden or Trump does decide to put 25 new justices on the Supreme Court. The Constitution also does not specify how the court comes to a decision. Um, this Constitution does specify there must be a chief justice who delivers the decision. What this means is that if 25 new people get appointed to the court and they all vote the same way, John Roberts is under no obligation to even listen to them. He could just come out. I mean, as long as we're talking about shit that that has, you know, it is not specifically prohibited by the Constitution, um, he could just unilaterally start delivering his own opinion and ignore everybody else on the court. That he that could, also, but that could be also seen as uh, illegal or at least improper because improper. I mean, you mean improper like appointing twenty five more people to the court, <laughs> right? <laughs> Exactly. Well, no, I mean, when appointing more people to the court, you can simply update the the court act for that. But something like changing how the Supreme Court itself operates outside of what's specified in law. I mean, tradition plays a big part in common law systems like we have across uh, the English world. And has, has 2020 pretty, taught you nothing? pretty much every Pretty much every court out there that operates under common law has pretty much established that precedent establishes unwritten law. Yeah, I, I understand. But has 2020 taught you nothing? Traditions are out the fucking window. Before this year, the idea, the, the idea that we should uh, shut down the entire fucking economy because of a cold virus also was was not in the norms that was not in in the cards for you know nobody would think to do that because it was ridiculous yeah but there was no there was no precedent either way in that case whereas there's hundreds of years of precedent on how the supreme court decides uh its judgments i i'm i mean i'm just saying in in this hypothetical in a year when all of the norms and all of the traditions are out the fucking window and everything is political ends justify the means, you know, come as you are, get whatever you, you know, I, I'm not taking anything off the table. I'm, I am not going to let the, Oh, well, it's never been done this way ever be an excuse for preventing something. You know, it, it, it doesn't work in 2020 anymore. I'm just saying when, when you have uh, at least one, maybe two major political parties, who have decided that all of the norms 
that, you know, things like, uh, you know, don't start violent protests and burn cities down for your own political ends uh, are, are just gone there. People are, are doing things that violate every common bit of shred of decency of, of morality of propriety. They're just, shredding all of the previous expectations for what is proper i don't know well yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put that out there or put past them well this is the difference now is that the left saw a foothold and they're doing whatever they can to get into power and i know that sounds like conspiracy theory to some people but there was a you know a woman the other day on uh, being interviewed and she uh she was like a professor or something. And it came down to long story short, she was an older uh, black woman activist and was like, well, capitalism at its core is racist. So we have to get rid of capitalism. It's like, this is what they want. This is the goal. They are not going to stop until they get there. And we've never had that in the United States before where you had the Democratic Party calling for that there's always been some radical people that are calling about that you know about that kind of for that kind of change but we saw what happened in the 50s but, but with the mccarthy the speaker era. of the house right you know this these weren't people that were actually getting elected to office these weren't major candidates for major parties who were calling for this stuff and it's it's scary because the system that we have here works better than anywhere else and i know it's very uh, easy to say stuff, but you know we suck. But everybody else sucks more. Show me a system that works better than the one in the United States. I don't believe there are any. I mean, you could try to make that case, but if the United States goes, oh, we're going to become a socialist country, yeah, it ain't going to work. We see what happens with socialist countries. A vast majority of them just totally collapse. There are a few where it hangs on by a thread. And those are the ones that don't have a massive populace. Well, that's, that's because real socialism has never been tried. And if we just do it right this time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we, if we just, if we just get it right, I mean, cold acid in Canada, I've heard many stories because my dad, before he retired, worked for a company. Uh, speaking of socialism. Oh, what? Right. That was bought out by a Canadian company. And the guys that were the owners of the company, the guys that ran the company, when they needed health things done, they flew to the United States and had them done and then went back to Canada. So I know the Canadian health system ain't all that in a bag of chips. Yeah, I've talked about our system before. It's it's also different from province to province, but so I only really have experience with our system here in Ontario, but yeah, there's a lot of issues, even with the, even with our single payer social healthcare system, where the government pays for everything that it covers, and we're in the cold for everything else. Well, yeah, like I have to pay for I have to pay for optics and dentistry out of my own pocket. It's not covered right, by not, the government healthcare program, for example. Uh, that's not that much different from employer healthcare that we have now, except that if, if I don't have a job, I, I would still get government healthcare. I mean, yeah, I understand a lot of employers here degree. Yeah. A lot of employers here do provide extra healthcare coverage. Well, not a lot of them, but a lot of the good ones do, which covers the, a few of the things, at least that the government doesn't. So 
for example, you can get dental care and optical care. The one and, and, good and, thing about our social health care system is that emergency health care is, is free for us, at least residents of the province. And generally, if we need emergency health care elsewhere in the country, their reciprocity, uh, whatever the word is, where like reciprocity. <laughs> Yeah, I like I, I like rip a sock city, though. Yes. You know, yeah. but that but is there's the- there's agreements between the provinces for that. So we still don't have to pay out of our own pockets afterwards. Oh, but that's the one thing about the United States system that I don't think a lot of people worldwide really understand, which is you could be, you know, penniless, you know, homeless, whatever you want to call it in the United States. If you have a severe medical problem, I mean, if you're having a heart attack or something like that, you call 911. They come get you. They bring you to the hospital. They take care of you. They do whatever they can. They don't care that you don't have any money. You don't care if you don't have any insurance. If you're visiting from another country, I mean, if you were on vacation here and you had a heart attack, they don't go, ah, that's Canadian guy. Screw them. No, they take you in. They do whatever has to be done. And then then you get a $300,000 bill afterwards. Well, you're in Canada, so who cares? But Well, no, (laughs) it it is important, though, because people will. People will make the rational decision to be like, um, I I know this is arterial blood spilling all over the place, but <laughs> right. I think that if I just wrap it in a rag or something, I can save myself a hundred thousand dollars. I can make it That's back a home pretty to, rational fucking decision. I can make it home to Canada on yeah. bleeding to death. I mean, the reality is we talked about that on one of the early episodes, too, is that a lot of people don't know you don't have to pay medical bills, all of them in the United States. When I went through the same thing with having a year where I had a bunch of surgeries, all this, and the bills started adding up, I called up and talked to somebody at the hospital. I'm like, well, here, fill out this form. And I filled out a form and like the five or $6,000 that I owed for the multiple retinal surgeries, they went, eh, we'll just wipe it out. That was it. And there's also, I mean, I mean, the other problem with the, the, I mean, free emergency care care is, is definitely valuable, but there's also problems with people abusing that system. Like. Uh, you know, the, if, if you're really poor and you can't afford that, then, then what are they going to do? They'll charge you a hundred thousand dollars. You'd be like, can't pay it. And then you're in or, or the homeless, for example, um, there is no effective clinic support for homeless, which means that if, you know, if something happens for them or, or something happens, uh, you're in, uh, you know, a trailer park or something, you got no money, you're in bankruptcy, you're protected. Um, You'd be like, I've got a hangnail. I'm going to call 911. They'll take me to the emergency room to fix it. Yeah. Or, uh, you know, I've got I've got a friend who uh, works on in the fire department and he's you know one of the people who's on call to get in the truck and drive out with the sirens running five times a day. And uh, he, he says probably 19 and 20 of their calls have nothing to do with fire and actually have little to do with an emergency. It's it's somebody who is. Uh, grotesquely obese and could not get up off the couch to get their pills in the bathroom and they call 911 and the fire company fire station rolls a truck and the truck goes out and they arrive they're like what's up what what's wrong mr Mr. yeah and they go into (laughs) no my problem is a cat Um, (laughs) and they go into the bathroom they bring your pills and they'll be like anything else okay thank you and the the public you know the the public has to foot the bill for that because it's you know emergency calls. Well, yeah, because people call nine one one when they're at McDonald's and they don't get the spicy McNuggets, they get mad. <laughs> oh, we actually will charge people for things like that up here. You'll get a bill afterwards for 
for the ambulance or fire truck service if there's non actual emergency. As well, you should. But then again, if people can't afford it, that goes down a slippery slope. Yeah. But and and, and oh, in that case, do? tell like, people you're not coming. Yes. Like for the times that I had to call the ambulance for my dad, but he wouldn't actually go into hospital. Like they would send, they would send a bill for the for the ambulance use, but because he was on disability before, and then after sixty five, he was on various government financial programs for being old and and retired. Right then able to say yeah he's on these he's on these government income supplement programs and they clear the bill right which makes sense ambulance is fucking ridiculous too a few few years back here here uh, we actually have a set rate 45 dollars flat no here is more like forty five (laughs) thousand. so Uh, yeah a a few years back dame bemrose was having a, a problem that ultimately resulted in having to be admitted to the hospital and uh we were at the local clinic at the time and uh, they said, well, we, we'd like to transport her to the hospital. And they had already put in an IV and a Heplock and uh, a bunch of other stuff for fluids. And they're like, well, um, we're going to have to call an ambulance so that we don't take all this stuff out. And I'm like, no, you're, you're taking all of that out and they'll just put new ones in at the hospital because I'm not paying $40,000 for your fucking ambulance trip when I can just put her in the car. Seattle's weird, man. Our ambulances are great. I, they, they Seattle's might be ambulances great. Might very comfortable. all privatized. Uh, a lot of it is, yeah, yeah. Because here, pretty much all There's, our pretty much all our ambulance services are are run by the municipal governments. There are some private ambulance companies, and they're generally just contracted to do hospital to hospital transfers. There's a couple of private companies. One like FALCK. I think I've seen a lot of that. Um, that that's who they want to use. And then uh, a lot of the hospitals will operate their own fleets. Um, like if there's a hospital network, that's, I don't know if that's something you have, but we've got, uh, like three major hospital networks around here that operate multiple hospitals that if you're transferring within, like from, from your hospital to your hospital, then they'll do it themselves and they'll attack it onto the hospital bill. So it'll go to insurance. But I, yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. If, if you don't have money, you're kind of fucked around here. Yeah, around there. I mean, here it's, I mean, again, I know ours is out of the local uh, city here, but I went in twice in probably the last, uh, what, five or six years, once with the gallbladder attack, which I thought could be a heart issue. And the other was a migraine, which was mimicking a stroke, you know, the whole having the uh, numbness through one half of my body, that kind of fun stuff. And these guys show up within like three minutes and take you to the hospital and never saw a bill. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on in Seattle, but you need to move out. No shit. <laughs> you need to move. Out. I mean, I mean, I, maybe we should to talk the about other side again. of the mountains. Yeah, when my I, earthquake I get, machine is uh, is finished. Everything, uh, everything left of the mountains is going to fall into the sea. <laughs> um, I can work with that. Yeah. I will give one thing, though, to the Canadian system that I really like. And that is that when I want drugs um, that I, I go to Vancouver, if I can. And they give you maple syrup to, to wash them down. I mean, you know, when. When it'll be like, okay, here's uh you know, here's a prescription for codeine and that'll be a fifty dollar copay. And I'm like, uh, or I can just go up to Vancouver or to Surrey where it's over the counter and I can pay six dollars for the same bottle. Well, Trump is helping that as we've talked about here. He's bringing the prescription yep. pricing down. 
because the yeah, drug prices are nuts when they're allowed to charge whatever they want, especially when they're in that window of nobody else can make the drug. And I was on a blood pressure medication years ago that was like that. And yeah. the minute a copyright law. Oh. Yeah. Well, not well, really a patents, copyright. But yes. But, uh, it's, it's patents, but IP law. Yes. The minute that is the generic, corrupt. Yeah. The minute the generic was available. Oh, wow. The prices came down. It was amazing. Yeah. I yeah, love, I love the generics. Well, yeah. Right up until the company that makes the brand name buys the company that makes the generics. And then the generics price goes skyrocketing too. There's a lot of people that can make generics. So that's, the- oh, I don't think that's going to happen here in Canada. We've actually got a pretty decent uh, antitrust law to prevent just that sort of thing. Yeah, but it's Canada. Besides, it's the the biggest the biggest generics uh, producing companies on the continent, if not the world, are based here in Canada. You know, in Canada, I, I, if a combine takes your leg off, they're like, just walk it off, eh? You'll be fine. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. Just, just just take your shirt, bind it around uh, the stump, and right. you'll be okay. Yes. Yeah. Here, take It'll a couple back. aspirin. Yeah, I don't know. Did I did I tell you? I don't know if I've told you about the the cultocene. The cultocene? Cultocene is it's a drug that I, I take occasionally for uh, one of my medical conditions, which is orneriness. I was going to uh, say manic spells. Um, orneriness? Yes. That's what he said. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know this was a medical condition. It is. It's in the DSM. Trust me. Um, no, I, I cultocene is a drug that has been known to treat gout for uh, probably 120 years. And uh, it, it is generally available. It comes from a plant. It's been known for a long time. It should be completely free and out of patent. Uh, about uh, 15 years ago, um, one of the drug companies came out and uh, started making a variant that included something else. Um, then and they patented. It was like colchicine and I don't know, aspirin, but something that you know, was slightly better at controlling the inflammation and they, they patented this and then they evergreened the patent and then they went out and they bought every single company that was making generic cultocene. And the result is that a three month supply, which used to be $4 uh, of, of an unpatented drug. Now it's something like a buck 25, a pill. Oh, yeah, because crazy. because of, of, you know, they a company came out, patented it, evergreened the patent and then bought up all the competition and bam, instant, uh, massive, massive cash flow. Yeah, I can give you that capitalism, course, baby. Of course, of the buck twenty five a pill, I only pay 20 cents a pill. Well, yeah, because insurance covers the rest, which is a fantastic scam. To prevent the people making the decisions about your whether or not you need something from being able to see the actual cost of those decisions. Trump is fixing it all, man. Vote Trump 2020. Well, let's see if he actually does get that well, fixed, because that seems to be more yeah. than just an issue with with the I around uh, around drugs and patents. This sounds like it's uh, this sounds like it's a case for doing uh, some more changes for antitrust law possibly it, yeah it, uh, trump has has done more uh, you know he he's abandoned congress for all of his reforms which i think is extremely problematic because make making the presidential 
uh, executive orders stronger is about the worst thing for the country. But well, we can thank Obama he, for that. Yeah, well, we do. But that doesn't make it right. It, it no, still doesn't make it right. No, it's still very, very bad because, you know, uh, Obama started it. And now Trump is is using it to legislate without Congress. And then, you know, uh, Biden or or whoever, whatever Democrat wins in 2024 is going to use it to legislate even more. And pretty soon Congress will be completely obsolete. And it's. But isn't that I mean, kind they, of a they, good thing? Well, no, no they, <laughs> because because what Congress does. Wait, you think in, Congress you know, is good? No, but I think a hopefully Congress divided is good. Congress, the people in it are bad. <laughs> well, that's I think that a hopelessly divided Congress serves as a break on the production of bad legislation. Well, and that I, is kind of the way it used to be, right? That yeah. was the the concept. Now, no. and and, and I, I might I may like some of the reforms that Trump is doing. I may like the fact that that he's going out and and uh, you know restricting the ability of of corrupt medical institutions from fleecing the public um I'm, I'm not so sure that i think price controls are the way to do it but that's a different topic however the method that he's using to do it is going to be used for truly evil things and everybody would be like well it's legal now and and that's a problem no matter which way you look at it not to mention that executive orders don't have the same uh, level of force as actual acts of congress not yet. All, all they need is one Supreme Court declaration or a decision Stack to make court. that happen. Yeah. Yeah. If if you put the right people on the court and get the right case up there, then the Supreme Court can validate it and be like, well, I mean, well, the Supreme Court already validated it and said that, you know, that Trump couldn't erase Obama's uh, executive order, which means that Trump's executive orders can't be erased for two years into the next term. But can you now, make another need- executive order to Trump the other executive order? Well, no, he can't. That's the, because Trump tried early on to invalidate the Obamacare executive order at the very end. And the Supreme Court said, no, you can't. And Trump's like, well, OK, if these executive orders are this sticky, I'm just going to make a crap ton of them. And all they need is another decision by the Supreme Court to say these have the full force of a law passed by Congress and can last forever and done. Do you think they'll ever get? all of the states to ratify an amendment to the constitution to get rid of the electoral college. I don't think that we'll ever get all the states to ratify another amendment to the constitution, but you think the electoral college is going away in some other way. Well, yeah, they're uh, doing an end run around it. These, these covenants between the big states to say, Oh, we're just going to tell our electors to go with the national popular vote. In which case the electoral college is still there, but it no longer actually functions and and by and the way all if, this if, all this all the states that aren't california texas new york and florida have a very good reason to secede from those four because if, they no longer have any voice at all if your state representatives are pushing this idea that they should go with the national vote then congratulations they're not representing you right there's no reason and, to vote that's your state a problem. anymore yeah there's the, the well you're you're not being represented by your local government. They have decided to represent California and New York. Yeah. And uh, it, I, you, most of them are probably like, yes, of course, globalism. Yay. But um, vote them out because they're not helping you. They're not being your representative anymore. They're being the representative of the L.A. Basin. Yeah. That's and New not York City. How the federalist system was set up to work. It doesn't work that also, way. Also, 
Also, I know that the Democrats love to call out how the Electoral College is screwing every, but yeah. they screwed Hillary, I, I man. Think that, I think that they are seriously underestimating the number of disenfranchised Republicans in blue states. Yes. No, I agree. That was what I said from the minute. It's like you can't change the rules of a game after it's been played and think you're going to get the same results. You just can't. I do think honestly, if- the electoral the electoral college is more democratic than going with the direct vote. Well, the direct vote is more democratic, but we don't have a democracy. We have a republic. This is why I, I would we, argue that it's, have an oligarchy. it's less going with the direct vote because it does disenfranchise people that aren't in the biggest states, whereas the Electoral College at least gives the residents of those smaller states some say in who the president's going to be. Well, it certainly makes sure that the candidates look at what's going on in those states because you can't win where if you could with a a direct popular vote, you really could just go to like the top three or four major cities and be done. You'll get enough. You'll win. But the Republic was set up in such a way. I mean, it's interesting that the Electoral College was set up for one of the reasons being, well, we think there could be a charlatan that's a populist favorite that could possibly win. And the Electoral College would make sure that wouldn't happen. And well, you know, what, are, what are people there, calling There Trump? are a lot of people who think that the Electoral College utterly failed in 2016 to prevent that. Yeah. Uh, oh, they the, thought it failed in 2000 as well. Yeah. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, the the system where uh the the people in the flyover states are completely disenfranchised though that actually is democracy a democracy is tyranny of the majority and uh you know you, people can say oh well we we need a more democratic system well a democratic system is tyranny of the majority right and the majority gets the, what they the, want the minority the founders gets created nothing. the electoral college in order to prevent tyranny of the majority from completely you know uh, disenfranchising people, you know, entire cultures effectively, because the the culture of Omaha, Nebraska is different from the culture of San Francisco. And under a direct democracy amongst the entire country, the the people of the, the entire culture of Omaha, Nebraska would be completely unrepresented by the government uh, with the Electoral College. At least it gets some say. I don't know why I'm picking on Nebraska. Because you don't like Nebraska. Nebraska. Might as well say Manitoba. Wait, are we are we annexing some of the uh, Canadian provinces? Oh, we did that long. Well, I know Alberta would like to be annexed. Really? I know know that (laughs) Alberta Alberta is our Texas, honestly. And they have a lot more in common with Texas than they do with the rest of Canada. They want out? I I've Uh, seen whenever there's whenever there's a liberal government in Ottawa, they sure do. (laughs) Nice. Wexit is a thing up here. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Western half of Canada, the uh, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta, and BC wanting to leave. Not BC that's, that's so much. It. Well, no, not BC. BC, BC is our California. Yes. Yes, they are. Fucking Vancouver. And it, well, you know, I'm, I'm halfway between Seattle and Vancouver here. <laughs> it's this year. However, it's a hell of a lot more difficult to go North because of the fucking border. But, but I used to make day trips there all the time. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, all of BC outside of the Fraser Valley totally agrees with Alberta. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then, uh, you know, like Quebec it perennially wants their independence. Or is there any part of Canada that doesn't want to be independent from other parts? 
Ontario. And I Ontario guess EEI, New Brunswick, and Nova Scotia are quite happy with, uh, with Confederation. Newfoundland is either or. It, depend- it depends on how well they think Ottawa is paying attention to them. But I they always were, forget they that were, there's more of Canada east of Quebec. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We've got the Atlantic provinces, which combined have like the population of a small city. Yeah. Well, it's so spread out, you know, and that's the the thing, the same thing in the United States. I'm guessing the people in the rural areas have a much different thought on how things should be run as those in the major cities. Makes sense. But, you know, that's never going to change. You need to have some kind of balance. And keeping that balance is what, at least in the United States, has kept things relatively sane. I mean, obviously, 2020 is a completely different ball game, And I do believe we go back to the concept of never let a good you know, tragedy go to waste. This whole COVID thing, this uh, everything on down the line that was the domino effect because of COVID is now being grabbed by the Black Lives Matter global movement. All these people that all of a sudden see, well, we could get rid of capitalism. Look, they closed all these things down when they thought it was a virus killing them. Well, we could just say you're killing the planet. You see, we this is now for the Green New Deal. We, we have to close down all of these bad businesses and we have to do this and this and this. They see the foothold and they want to take it. And if they get the foothold, they're never going to give it back because the way i look at it is these are the same activists that were involved in the 60s and 70s they're coming to the end of their lives but now they have new minions that they want the same things that they did go read the weather underground manifesto it's all the same stuff you pit the cops against everybody else you pitch the the, pit the rich against the poor you pit the black against the white you have riots in the street And then you just sweep socialism slash communism slash Marxism in and you just tell everybody that's that's the answer. When people start saying capitalism is racist, that's when everybody should be telling them to screw off. Yes, this is stupid notion on his face. Yeah, it is. But people are buying it because I have been informed. Yeah, I have been informed by Sir Mathieu in the troll room that uh, apparently none of it is not currently wanting to secede from Ottawa. Everybody wants out or nobody wants out. Nobody wants out. The territories I, like their arrangements. Yeah. What, what is the arrangement? I, 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 I'm not familiar with what that does. Like around here we have, uh, is Yukon a territory or a state? Is that Yukon's a territory, Yukon okay. Northwest territories and none of it are the Canadian territories. They okay. each get that- a, they each get a Senator. And they each get a member of parliament, so the House of Commons. And other than that, they're more or less they're more or less self-governing, but instead of having a lieutenant governor, they have a commissioner of government appointed by Ottawa. And I bet they don't wear masks up there. Well, they do if the Queen of England tells them. There's the population density is so low that uh, there'd be no point. Yeah, well, we, we, saving we the world. Drove from, once drove from here to uh, to Alaska and ended up going through Yukon, and it was like ten hours of driving before we saw a fucking building. Yep, that's I because mean, most of the people up there, if they're not living in the if they're not living in the towns, 
that have been established, uh, they are generally just nomading their way around the territory, living off whatever they can hunt. Is that what you're doing? You're out there just living off the grid? Oh, no, wait. No, you're a computer no, I'm, programmer. I'm so attached to the grid. I would <laughs> die up there. Computer programmers are like, um, what? Hunt? No, I, I have Uber. They'll pick something up and they'll bring it to me. So um, what you're saying is they have they have Internet in Cortese. Yes, they must. But what do you yeah, actually we do? We have Internet here. What What is your actual uh, job at this point, Cold Acid, besides podcaster? Software developer. That is a full time job. Well, it is, but it doesn't pay enough to be a full time job unless you're Joe Rogan. Unless you're Adam or John. Yeah, that's that's true. Too. Or, or, Joe or, Rogan. Unless, or unless you're you're in nomad living off of whatever you can hunt in Yukon. <laughs> right. And we, we've we've already established software developers ain't hunting their own food. What kind of software no, do you it's develop? A lot, it's a lot better if somebody else hunts and we just cook it. Yeah, that's the way I like it, too. Bring it. Yeah, hunting sounds like work. Yes, it does. But what kind it of is. software? It's a lot of work. Are you developing? What's what are you working on now? Oh, mostly internal stuff for my employer. Oh, so it's like just it's like high tech stuff. Top secret. No, not really. I mean, is I wouldn't call it top secret, but it's nothing that anybody outside of uh, outside of our organization would be dealing with. Now, if we needed somebody, you know, to set us up like a Roku channel or any of this kind of stuff, I mean, would you be the guy to do that? I mean, I know we we were trying I to pro, pro go into that one too. I mean, we need uh, we need to start. We that net needs to get a little bit further out, take over the world. That whole thing. I mean, I know randomly I was looking for something, doing a search. It was probably DuckDuckGo too, and I was looking for something. I'm like, well, does Drupal have a module that did whatever it was I was looking for? And one of the top five sites came up was one of yours. And I was like, whoa, that was kind of weird. Just out of random, just randomly. I'm like, so you must know what you're talking about. You do a lot of work with Drupal or why did that pop up? Uh, because I used to use Drupal to run my personal website as a long time ago, though. But because I didn't move all the content from it to WordPress, I could still keep it running just for that old content to stay up on the Internet. Yeah, and Drupal became a real pain in the ass, didn't it? Oh, it was always a real pain in the ass. <laughs> well, okay. It was always a pain in the ass, but then it become they became a big then security became, issue. Then it became <laughs> Oh no, they had security issues uh always as well. No, what what really did it for me is that it was just easier to run WordPress for a blog instead of running Drupal for that purpose. Right. And then later on, the Drupal community became like leftist political and i'm like yeah i don't want to deal with that bullshit either yeah also not a surprise but uh i mean it's kind of sad when it starts getting into those kind of a things and it's it's so sad yeah. that there are such lines being drawn i mean there are people taking glee that the president and his wife have coronavirus and that to me is why it's one of the reasons i'll say you know liberal liberalism is a mental disease because it is. I just don't understand that way of thinking. People like John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, I think they're absolutely batshit crazy with their politics. But when I read that they lost their kid, you know, it's like, oh, shit. I mean, I can't even imagine going onto a social media being like, I see you're leftist. So that's why your kid died. You deserve it. But that's what these people do. And I don't understand that mentality, which is why it's hard to fight 
this war and it is a war and it may get to being a war, but it's hard to fight this battle to have this debate with people that have such a skewed view of the world and such a hatred since day one with Donald Trump and anybody that dares wear a MAGA hat or a T-shirt or whatever it is. I just don't understand how you move forward in a society where the division is that strong that there's a hatred for somebody because of that kind of stuff. And it just it's it's sad, really. Well, I'm going to say a few things on the terms here. First of all, first of all, I'm a liberal. These people aren't liberals. They are authoritarians. I think that's the real divide there. It's not liberal versus conservative. It's liberal it's liberal versus authoritarian. I agree. And I'm I'm a liberal. I'm also I'm also fiscally conservative. I'm not socially conservative, right? And this is why I support the Conservative Party here in Canada, but why I would never support the Democratic Party in the United States. I mean, that makes sense. And the other thing is like people we are honestly no no more socially advanced than than the chimpanzees and the gorillas we're <laughs> we we're less. just as basic as any other as any other ape out there Speak the only yourself. difference between us is that we have we have better technology with which to uh, club each other over the head and do all sorts of uh, political that, bullshit that, they're called fact checkers <laughs> liars is what we call them now because none I, of it is fact checking but no that's i mean it's it's easy to you know throw around the world's uh, words liberal and conservative but you know this is just the the left and the right these are the two sides in as a generalization goes and i consider myself yeah, and honestly i don't think it's that good a generalization just having it on a on a single degree oh i agree i actually see politics as three or four different uh dimensions oh you're absolutely oh, right because there, I mean, there's I, more than that well yeah there, there, oh yeah there but, but, but for, in terms of but in for terms simplifying of the, it for communicating it with other people simplifying it down to three or four dimensions is uh is pretty good uh if, simplifying if it down to. to a single dimension it doesn't help anybody muddies things does. even more it, it does and and that is the plurality voting system that that is is clearly demonstrated to have some serious flaws in the United States. The plurality voting system enforces that you will have two parties and the, the two parties are, they, they are benefited by the assumption that everybody is either left or right. And there is no in between because you need to, in, in order to keep two parties in system, you need the two parties will always align themselves to be precisely exactly 50% opposite of the other party. Uh, if if at any point public opinion shifts and say the whole country starts to think that maybe say the war on drugs is not such a great idea, then that goes from being uh, an issue of one party to the other. The parties are constantly throughout history rearranging themselves to make sure that they are on opposite sides of wherever the median point of the public is. They are on opposite sides with precisely 50% between them. And it's if you watch history well enough, then you can tell that the party's positions have been constantly shifting precisely based on that. And it, it is for the purpose of making sure that the same two parties always have power. Um, 
you know, how many dimensions are there for different political uh, opinions? Well, how many people are there? Individuals think differently. No two individuals should ever have precisely the same ideas, the same political position. If so, then at least one of them isn't thinking. Well, I mean, like the, the way Nancy Pelosi is against everything Donald Trump says somehow. Everything. Yeah, she isn't thinking everything. You know, it's like this is where the issue. Well, comes. She is thinking she's she's thinking, uh, what do I have to say in public to make sure that I have as much power as possible? Yeah, that's that's how the people who can survive in Washington, D.C. are all of that mindset. Well, which is how Trump could have beaten them. But he is. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had a little more faith in him until the debate. Maybe he faltered in the debate because he had the Rona. Maybe that was affecting his mind. Maybe the next debate will be better. Honestly, I see things, I probably see things a bit more mathematically than most people. And that's why I'm talking about like dimensions and stuff in this case. Like any, any particular position sits somewhere on a, on a range of positions, uh, of one or more degrees. Right. And so in a way you can actually plot individual positions of people or where we're like on these different dimensions they set right like but but like, but if you but, build like a positioning model, a point in three dimensions in this case we're talking like who knows near infinite dimensions and people uh, yeah they might not have the same the same position on each one of those dimensions as someone else but they're all they've all got one point on each dimension but but if you if you build a model using n dimensions i bet i can take a position that doesn't fit into your model. And with a little bit of effort, I can probably find somebody who espouses that position. Well, yeah, it's like everybody, when it came down to the, when the big issue was gays getting married, it's like, Oh, you're concerned if you don't want gays to get married. And I'm like, I don't care if gays get married. I mean, I'm, I, my, my position at the time was the government needs to get the fuck out of the business of telling people who can and can't get married. Yeah. Agree. I mean, I'm, well, yeah, each, each one of those, like, where there's a where there's like a set of different positions to a political question that's a dimension so whether you're saying whether you're saying like gays can't shouldn't get married or the government should let gays get married or the government should just be out of the marriage game altogether those are different points along this uh, along this yeah. dimension of gay marriage right so they're all on there and none of these dimensions is is a close set either if I understand what you're saying, you're arguing that with a sufficiently complicated model that you can espouse all of human experience. And I would say that human experience defies that. Maybe I, I, I at uh, some maybe. point you're going to have to abstract away something. Well, yeah, and there's always I, going to be some a, level of abstraction. There's, yeah, there's no way to absolutely, model something without abstraction. As a programmer, I value the being able to use abstraction to reduce complexity, but just be aware that you know, always be aware that whenever you use a model with abstractions, you are glossing over something that somebody considers important. Right. Which is why I had a challenge for cold acid. I don't think he's going to take me up on it, though. Uh -oh. we, we were talking about those little talking tubes, and I know cold acid doesn't like them. I know Bemrose doesn't like them, and I understand the dangers of them. But as somebody that you know lost vision in one eye and it could possibly happen to another eye. But but as somebody who doesn't care about his personal privacy, we get it right. So I understand that they have their uses and cold acid said, 
well, I, I would just rather build my own on whatever using a Raspberry Pi and whatever open source software. And I said, OK, now, if you can do this, if you can buy the hardware, the speaker, your Raspberry Pi, whatever you're going to use and assemble it and get the software working all while wearing a blindfold. Now, I'll believe you. Do you think you could do that? Cold ass. <laughs> Wearing a blindfold? Well, yes. Probably not. I, well, Without this the is blindfold, why, absolutely. You know, this is why for people that have visual impairments to say these smart speakers are useless and that they're all sorts of evil, it's like, I would disagree. I mean, can you... Uh, useless? No, I would never I'm not, I'm not that. saying that evil, smart yes. speakers are evil, period. I'm saying the ones that are out there right now, connected to the cloud, run by these big businesses yeah. that want to harvest everything about you, those are bad. The, the speakers are devices. If I, if I, I thought they were bad, if I thought they were all bad flat out, I wouldn't even suggest like making your own out of a Raspberry Pi and open source software because the result of that would still be something evil. I'm saying the devices that, aren't evil. Yeah. Devices aren't evil. Devices are their tools. It's they're what things. they're connected to that are evil. It, well, no, what what's evil is the business model of the people pushing them out and and maintaining control of them. If if I have the ability to control all of the software that runs on one of these devices, I will put it into my house. I I will totally trust one that I have the ability to control the software on. The you know last week we talked about Amazon exactly. letting a fucking drone fly around your house and I think that would be cool as shit <laughs> if I could control the software. But if if Jeff Bezos is the one controlling the software, then no fucking thanks, because he does not have the same interests that I do. He does not have the same priorities. He doesn't value my privacy or my my personal data and the, or my security the way that I do. So, no, he doesn't get to control shit in my house. Yeah, exactly. I would love to have my place automated and con- everything connected to each other and to some device that lets me remote control the entire house i just don't want to do it through amazon or through microsoft or through fucking uh who else is other google or yahoo or whoever the fuck i want it to be mine under my control nobody else facebook have a smart speaker coming up maybe oh god do they (laughs) now do you think there could ever be a company that could release something like this that is uh within your standards of running or does it all have to be um, something if, you build yourself if, if there was with, with how it, much with how much all these companies have the cloud stuffed up their asses these days well uh maybe maybe purism maybe purism would be able to do something like that but i don't think they're interested in it they'd well, rather yeah. just be making phones and laptops running linux for people who want to be more or less either off the grid or have the ability to physically switch themselves off I mean, these speakers are obviously company? very popular. Welcome. Yeah, it doesn't. Ha- it doesn't even have to be a company. I mean, you look at all these open source hardware projects and open source software projects, and people that just take these things and more or less glue them together to make something new and useful for other people, and just release that out into the public for anyone to go and grab. Progo says there's a company like Pine that'll can do stuff like that. I'm just surprised with. How popular the devices are that Amazon and Google are putting out that somebody hasn't put out uh, a competitor to do that because that would if if, if somebody comes out with a kit says here, here is a a Raspberry Pi platform or an Arduino platform. 
wouldn't there like well, say it, say you started i mean now again what if you started a company bemrose land and then i would put out a kit well why and here's when what yeah, exactly here is what would be in it it would be here is a piece of hardware on which you can run it and here is a selection uh you know here is an operating system and here's the source code for it and here is a selection of modules you can plug in and the source code for all of those and here is uh how to customize it and honestly the thing that i make would probably not be something that's particularly usable for my my grandparents or for non-technical people but uh, fuck them they they seem to trust amazon just fine i'm looking at the, well, yeah, the but see, that's, that's not being supported but that's it is why doesn't somebody have this for people like that who don't have the technical know-how so that, somebody that, does amazon has one google has no, one. no the alternative that's not going to screw their privacy how come there is no alternative then because you, everybody's building these things for themselves and not bothering to not bothering to release them for everybody else to use and because of that as well they're going for whatever interface they are most comfortable with rather than something that Joe Schmo down the street might be comfortable using because and they don't they don't bother caring about user interface that other people can use because they're scratching their own itch. They're not scratching somebody else's. Well, and is it because well, that, that's too, how right open now, source works? The interface, yeah, the yep. interfaces for like the open source ones just aren't as anywhere as good or anywhere as useful as what Amazon and Google are putting out as of yet. There's another another argument I'd like to make, which is that uh, it, caring about and taking charge of your own privacy does, in fact, require at least a minimum degree of computer literacy. Um, if, if you are going to use a system, you have to understand that system well enough to know what it's doing on your behalf, what it's doing to you. And that requires a minimum level of literacy. You, and if you, if you refuse to acquire that kind of literacy with it, then your options are don't use the system or trust someone else to manage your privacy because you have abdicated doing it yourself. Well. I would think that if you could get one of these, say, Amazon devices or Google devices, what I hear you saying is the minute somebody is able to jailbreak them like a phone and replace the software with whatever you want, then you're okay with them. Well, then I then I might consider getting one, but I probably still wouldn't because there's also the question of need. I, I don't need to be able to talk to a fucking device in my system to have it turn my lights on when there's a switch on the wall. That's me. I would like I would like the ability to turn on the lights in my bedroom in the morning. Me having to actually climb out of bed first. Yeah, getting but, out of bed. Uh, that's rough. I, I yeah, have that's that a, ability. That's the it's called part. a bedside when lamp. It's dark in, when it's dark in the room and you need some you need some light to actually stumble through it without like breaking your toe on like your heavy ass wooden bed then I mean, having, having the ability lamp. to this, turn the lights on has been from lying down it would be helpful yeah I, I i reach over and i flip the switch on the lamp next to my bed this problem is solved you don't need to be connected to the internet and the cloud for all that so it sounds like well, one of the places my devices. brother used to live he actually there was actually like from the previous tenant there was actually like ropes rigged up over the bed <laughs> That ran across the ceiling over to the light switch, so you'd be able to <laughs> pull, you'd be too. able to pull these cords to turn the light on or off while lying down in bed. Genius! That I'm didn't just need the internet. Technology has invented lamps that are not attached to the ceiling and controlled by the switch next to the door. 
You put them on a table next to your bed. They work. You know, or you can have an electrician put a switch next to your bed. That's also fine. And there's all that. that. Oh, I could do that myself. I would do that myself. Yeah. You know, it seems like your problem with these devices has nothing to do with privacy. Then you just don't like a vocal interface for some reason, which, you know, a lot of people didn't think the mouse was going to take off. No, yeah, I, like John I, Cena no, problem, didn't think it was going to take off. Okay, the vocal interface came up when when you when you posited that if the privacy concern was nullified, right, then you would get it. And I said no. Then I would also have the need question. But no, my my problem with these is absolutely the privacy problem. You just hypothesized that if the privacy problem weren't a problem, what else would be wrong? And I said, well, I also don't need one. No, net net. He doesn't have the uh, clapper. He just has the clap. I wouldn't. Different. I wouldn't need it either. But I would love it. I. I want to have a house I can talk to, like, uh, like the Enterprise yes. on Star Trek. That would be awesome. Who yeah, would exactly. Be it, it would be. Co- <laughs> it would be cool for me. I would find that super cool. I just don't want it. Yeah, what happens when it starts talking back? That would be what nice. happens when it starts talking back? What happens when? What, what happens when it when it starts, starts talking back? You- I reboot it. <laughs> What are you what, talking what, about? What did you, did you ever see that episode of Babylon go. 5? Did you ever see that episode of Babylon 5, Ryan? Probably. <laughs> but and, Jesus and Christ, the, computer, that, the computer system of the, was talking you, back to everyone. Have you seen to, an episode of Bonanza? Did you see that sh- play in 1950? I've been watching Rawhide, actually. Great God. series. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is better than I think it was actually about. Harlan Ellison who voiced the talking back computer. But what, I, I'm I'm just saying that if if you have completely automated your system and you've connected it to the cloud, there's a good chance that it will not remain your system. And uh, you there's know, no the, fucking way I would connect it to the cloud. No way okay. at all. Yeah. What if you just okay, have a well, desktop? Then you're limiting you're, your options. But I understand. Okay. So now you think we should go to the cloud? I mean, you no. Would, I, I I did. you miss the part where, like, for the last <laughs> ten minutes, I've been telling you I would not fucking get one of these? But you could just or, say. I, Who's who's not listening now? Are you getting up for bathroom breaks while I'm talking? Oh, we were supposed to be we were supposed to be here the whole time. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought this was just we we just talk over and then there's a, a show and then it comes out the other end magically. Everybody's sounding really good except for cold acid. Well, that's how it usually works. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he needs a better microphone. Somebody please donate. I need to a better office I, as well. I think counter. part of the I'm, reason I'm just, I also don't sound that well is uh, is because I've got a big echoey office. And that's one of the things I'm going to be doing during my next vacation is actually putting in a fucking wall in here so that <laughs> it's not right. bouncing off like a wall that's like 15, 20 feet away and coming back into the mic again. It's not a regular wall. It's a fucking it's a wall. Fucking no, it's a wall. fucking wall. I mean, you could just put, you know, some kind of fabric on the wall, stuff like that to get the, uh, I mean, a you big room use, is okay. If you could you use my technique, which is no, because I also want to turn that into clutter. like a rec room and, uh, and TV room down here. I mean, you could I just want put that your separate from the office. You could just put it into a closet with clothes in it, too, and then just sit in there. Oh, there's oh, yeah. no there's no closet down here. And in then the basement. When, you, when you finish podcasting, you could come out of the closet. Right. Every day. It'd be yeah. like that could be the name of the show. Cold acid comes out of the closet. Or no, actually, the show oh, would be cold acid in the closet. And then <laughs> it would come out after it would get really confusing. I guess you're right. You don't want to do that. Uh, you don't want to. But I would like these devices if the privacy issue wasn't there i'm agreeing with cold acid i think that would be cool you know i'm sitting here doing a podcast it's like okay it's getting a little warm in the office it would be nice to just be like hey device down two degrees and boom then the air just comes out but uh i mean i get it you're you're a curmudgeon ryan and uh 
technology scares you and you don't want to be a part of this technical revolution, it's okay. I, I, I've, I've worked in an open office floor plan. And let me tell you, I, I developed a healthy dislike of people talking near me when that when there's only two of us in the room and they're not talking to me it's it's rude um it's the same as you know do you remember the the big thing about 10 years ago when people would walk down the street talking animatedly to themselves and gesturing to thin air right and at first we looked at it and we're like is this person schizophrenic no they just have a fucking bluetooth headset in it was hard to tell you still can't tell to be honest with you (laughs) I mean, because really, if you want to avoid anybody talking to you, the best thing to do is to have a fake conversation with somebody that may or may not be in your ear. And and maybe I am a curmudgeon, but I feel like vocal conversation. Yeah, you know what? Okay, this all goes out the window if you are alone, and maybe you are. You probably are. Um, I'm I'm scarcely ever alone, but uh, if if there is somebody else around, and I, I I just feel like vocal communication should be for communicating with humans that's how we evolved and trying to treat some wall-mounted microphone as a human just feels creepy to me you know what maybe but humans don't actually vocalize to each other much anymore they all go text-based now so maybe we do need something you know that's how i talk to my computer and it works pretty fucking well well you swear at your computer all the time using your voice it just doesn't hear you Well, it's listening to me right now. It's it's digitizing my swear words and sending them to you. Your computer's like, tell me your problems, Ryan. I will help. Yeah, that's all it's doing, though, Ryan. It's just taking your words and sending them to someone else. It's not bothering to actually listen to anything you're saying. You know, kind of like kind of like my wife. Right. (laughs) And your wife. True. That's uh, (laughs) that's also true. We we get no respect. I understand. But we, we did get a little respect. And I think. We need to take a moment to just thank all of the experts who have uh, supported us for this episode number 99 of Grumpy Old Ben's number 100. I mean, do we have anything special uh, for Monday? Are we just going to pat ourselves on the back for two hours? I mean, I know that's what we usually do. I was going to say it, it, the formula seems to be working. <laughs> it's, it's a solid formula. No question about it. I do want to point out I did update the donate button on the website because PayPal made a change or the the uh, wordpress plugin that we were using to send people to the paypal donation thing which just had been working all of a sudden the donation box uh, lost the part to put a note so i went through and manually created one for grumpy old bands reminds me still have to do it for random thoughts and put that on the site and now it appears that the button will take you to paypal and give you the opportunity to leave a note because I understand that's the easy way to do it. You don't want to have to do a PayPal donation, then send a note in another way. So if you've been trying that, it should be fixed now. With that said, coming in early for episode 100 is our buddy Sir Quiston with 100 bucks saying, just donated. I still enjoy, uh, still enjoying the show, and I'm betting you'll make episode 100. I mean, that's not a necessarily a sure thing. There's still a few days left until Monday. I'll make sure it happens. You're going to make sure we have an episode 100 or uh, derail us here. At you, you, you haven't seen the way Darren and I argue in the back channel. Right. I mean, we, this this whole episode, Ryan's could, been like, why get, do we have this cold acid guy on the show? He's he, he can't even understand what he's not, saying. Fuck you. That's not what I said. <laughs> he's, I, oh. he's, 
He's speaking Canadian. I don't even understand what language it is. Um, no, no, we don't. Okay, actually- that's it. We're going to call the whole thing off. This grumpy old Ben's thing was a bad idea. Well, it was, but I mean, we may as well at least get to episode 100 and uh, and celebrate <laughs> one a centennial of bad shows for an original bad idea. Uh, but Sir Quiston, we appreciate. He says he thinks we'll make episode 100. So I want to get in on the celebration early. We are. We're celebrating already here in episode 99 with cold acid of the Rare Encounters podcast. So rare. Most people have never heard it. I mean, that's a rare podcast. Uh, Speak for yourself. I listen to every episode. All the way through? No. Okay. I get past the anime Ryan, talk. Ryan just, Ryan just listens to the anime part in case there's anything, any good yeah. hentai that he should be watching. Yeah, Actually, that, uh, I only listen to the part where you guys talk about me and then you go to anime and I'm like, ah, eh, tune out. Yeah, you've, you've had enough. That's, uh, that's understandable. Uh, coming in at 2525, Surly Mofo. Who's a guy that's been coming in a lot on here and random thoughts. And we really appreciate the support. Uh, Sergeant Fred, I finally got, well, I say I, my wife finally got to the P.O. box. So uh, she picked up the note here from Sergeant Fred. That's real paper and a, a, a real note. It is a real note from a Sergeant Fred of the 2030 podcast.com. He says, again, I am using the USPS buying stamps so the left cannot snoop into my correspondence which is good because technically you know technically they can snoop in by listening to this show where you're about to read that correspondence that is that is true but not until it gets to me and uh although you're assuming that the left doesn't have the technology to open up the mail and see or x-ray it in some way and see what it says i mean i don't know uh what the uh what the technology is like for that kind of stuff now but all you need is steam that's true hey not the gaming service either yeah please no (laughs) it says it's my uh, fourth donation and more to come to grumpy old bands i also like random thoughts i mean i do too i think random thoughts is kind of like taking the best of grumpy old bands and uh, just throwing it it. out right (laughs) just uh, and throwing it out and going in a completely different direction but uh uh, Sergeant Fred says, I, as a podcaster, am exclosing and closing my business card. And he has a business card that says podcaster. Do you have these yet, Ryan? We should get these no, printed I, up. I want a business card. Yeah. What the hell? It's a Why bi- do I not have a business card? I don't know. It's a, he just says podcaster. It has the uh, different URLs on here. It's a dark card, so I should really have a light to uh, to read it. But it has the different. Yeah. Uh, now, now, I need a, now I need a card that says Grumpy Old Ben's on it. You know what else I need? Yeah. It wouldn't hurt to have my fucking name on the website. Isn't your name on the website? I mean, maybe it still after, isn't. Maybe after episode one hundred, I don't know. Are we? Well, it, uh, so my my name is is right there in front where it says Ryan Bemrose and Darren O'Neill, but right. only in the background image. Oh, and the image is not indexed by search engines. So when people search for me by name, they don't get <laughs> Grumpy Old Ben's. I thought you because like there is o- no text anywhere on the website that has my name in it. I thought you liked being OTG that way. I mean, it's in the metadata. I mean, I've noticed that when I search for Ryan Bemrose, Grumpy Old Ben's does come up on like other services, which is interesting because it's pulling the metadata out Shit. of all the MP3s. Are they on to me? I think so. I think they know you're out there. I think they know you're a part of it. Uh, he said, as you can see, I have a podcast, a show called the 2030 podcast. That's see, I've heard that. I've heard a lot more of 2030 podcast than Rare Encounter, but I'm, I'm going to get caught up. Cold acid. Don't worry about it. Um. Oh, yeah. 
You're just shitting I just on search for now. you, Ryan, and the first thing that comes up is your LinkedIn profile. Oh, is there yeah, anything good? There? I see no grumpy old Ben anywhere here on the first me? page of DuckDuckGo. Is, there, is, is it even me? It's a question. Yeah, there could be more. Executive producer, no agenda show. Oh, that sure sounds like it. There could be a lot of those. You never know. A lot of Ryan Bemroses that are executive and producers. I've, and I've found you on Stack Overflow now. And oh. I know it's definitely you because that's the avatar you use on NAS. Oh, now who's getting stalked? I'm still going to go I'm, back I'm to day one. Feeling a little doxed here. I'm still going back to day one where I put <laughs> Ryan Bemrose on the, the, the file and you're like, how'd you know my name? I'm like, Ryan? I'm like, it's on no agenda social. Hey, stop oh. releasing my real name out to the internet. He's like, that checks. I don't know. Uh, he says, I'm grateful to you as well as to Adam Curry for putting my episode on the no agenda stream.com, which of course, that's all Ryan Bemrose. He is the program director of the no agenda stream. So when people want to know what it takes to get their show onto the no agenda stream, it has to pass the Ryan Bemrose test. Yes. And, and the PayPal link is on grumpyoldbens.com. He does say that in the audio episodes, he promotes both Grumpy Old Bens and Random Thoughts, and that is very much appreciated, as well as the No Agenda show to his listeners. All three bring value to me. He says, I do appreciate it the same way my co-host Matt Cox of the podcast called brunchwiththebrits.net. Looking forward to your episodes airborne all the way sergeant fred so uh, we appreciate well one thank you for your service sergeant fred and two thank you for doing some damn good podcasts and i'm glad that ryan put those on the stream because uh, the no agenda community has some very diverse people some really cool viewpoints on things and i don't think you really have to go outside of the no agenda community at this point when you look at what's going on in other podcasts, what's going on in the mainstream media, it's like all of these nuts that are part of this community, way more sane than anybody outside of it, which is which is kind of scary. Well, on, on the one hand, not leaving the community kind of leaves you in a bit of a bubble. But at the same time, it prevents you from having to deal with a lot of idiocy out there. Yes. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of. Going back to the concept of cheers, where you know everybody wants to go where somebody knows their name, where you can just walk in and feel comfortable. And that's what the no agenda community is like. Even if your name is a pseudonym like called Acid. Yes, because he's very, very undercover, although I can find him very easily just by typing in cold acid. Then his real name comes up. Just nobody can say it's not difficult. It's not difficult at all. Find who I really am. It it is difficult to to pronounce but <laughs> yes yes that's that's but the you're, real you're, difficulty you're 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 so laid back about it too like i i've been trying to bait you by saying cortis the way that uh dvorak says it and you're not even correcting me that's not right it's not cortis no it's it's cortis it's coitus cortis <laughs> coitus yeah there's not enough coitus in cortis <laughs> well then move out already. at least not enough for me <laughs> move out Come to the United States and well, no, don't don't do that either. Uh, uh, but thank you, Sergeant Fred. He came in with 20 bucks, as did NetNed. I asked him, I'm like, any note? Because I know the thing maybe wasn't working. He's like, no, just like the show. So thank you, NetNed. Also, no note. We got 12 bucks from Progo and it just showed up in the mail from his bank. And he said he set that up as a monthly donation. So we really appreciate that. So see, there are ways to do monthly donations. If you don't want to deal with PayPal or if you don't want to deal with something like Patreon, 
I know our bank does the same thing. You can go in, add a payee, give it the address, and then you can tell it an amount and say, hey, do this every week, every month, every whatever, and it will do that. And that's what Progo said he set up. So, hey, hey, if you need any help setting up your bank account, just feel free to ask Progo. He can give you some help with that. Thanks, Progo. Yeah. Uh, Thanks, Progo. Yeah. Ten bucks from Bernard Engel Skircher, who I think I butcher his name every time I say it, but I've never been corrected. Also, somebody on a, a subscription, and we greatly appreciate that. And of course, since this is the first show of October, the Patreones, as Larry over at that Larry show.com calls them, Brian Ganak, Jacob Hernandez, David Midas of the, the show that we have in the No Agenda stream as well with his daughter, Lila, the Fun Fact Friday. Check that one out as well. And Steve E., the first guy that found our Patreon, still there. And we appreciate that. We appreciate everybody that supports the Grumpy Old Ben show here. 99 episodes in. I'm thinking we'll make 100, but you know, that's still like three days away. I just don't, don't, don't tempt me. Don't, don't, you just, I mean, I don't, I, you don't necessarily have to show up for episode 100. That's, uh, well, I haven't shown up for most. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I mean, we have a plethora of people that like to come on the show and we always enjoy people like cold acid coming on. And getting a different viewpoint. We've had a lot of people on the show. We're not an interview show in any way, shape, or form. But no, because we're shitty at interviewing. We talk over people. We are, but we like to try to learn and we like to get a different perspective that, you know, comes in. And then it's less work for us. But see, the problem is that just means the episodes go longer. So it's not like we're actually talking any less either. But if you want to be a part of the group, if you want to be an expert, go to grumpyoldbens.com. Click on the donate button. Use the QR code for Bitcoin, as our buddy CSB did. Although uh, John C. Dvorak says no wagering, uh, no agenda art. I'm like, it really wasn't a wager. CSB just said he would send me money if I won. So that's not a wager. I I, I don't think Dvorak can control that. No, it's it's just a bounty, too. I mean, if CSB wants to base how much money he sends over to Grumpy Old Ben's uh, based upon how many pieces of album art i win on the no agenda show that's up to csb but we appreciate csb and, and everybody and, and if that's the arrangement then you've got my vote for album art right you're like would you, would you start winning more at least as much as my vote for for biden or trump i mean do you vote in canada too you're pretty close to canada do they let you vote ryan um i i'm sure that my vote holds exactly as much weight there as it does here yeah get your absentee ballots yes fletcher of the hog story show who was also an expert and also on just last week he was asking if episode 100s on monday that is the plan we're not making you wait longer we're not like hey we're gonna take monday um, off and actually i was thinking about pushing that to tuesday how do you feel about that oh tuesday maybe not well maybe on thursday at the same time we could do it oh we could yeah we could do it at 9 a.m on thursday yeah nobody else will be using the stream nothing to worry about and uh if anybody doesn't know what's on the stream at thursday at 9 a.m uh, bemrose you should tune in and find out and get hit in the mouth. It's a good thing. So uh, cold acid. Tell us, uh, give us the elevator pitch of rare encounter and it's rare encounter.com. Correct. Dot net. Dot net. Damn it. And, and, and not plural, which no. was a mistake I made early on. Oh, no. You wanted, you wanted more than one. See, so wait, there was only one episode. It's just, well, no, rare I, encounter. Thought, I thought each, I thought each episode was an encounter and the podcast was rare encounters. I mean, yeah. That but would make more sense. The normal rules of grammar don't make sense. Does plurality not yeah, exist we're, in we're Canada? Not, we're not. Yeah. We're, we're breaking the laws of grammar here. So as far as rare I can encounter tell, for the show and each, every, each episode, we just call encounter number, whatever. 
so wait, so are they separate encounters or not? Or is it all one encounter? They're all separate encounters, but the show is rare encounter. But there's more than one. Yes. And each one is rare. All right. Because most people can't even find it. That's how yeah. rare it is. Bro, can you even grammar? <laughs> Nobody said that podcasters okay. had to know proper See, English. Uh, cold acid. Very much a programmer. Yes, he is. It, yes. It's, it's either on or off. That's the way. So I, think, I think of it as an array. Okay. So it the also- array name is rare encounter. And then each episode, you got the index, except there is no index zero. It, that's a null pointer. Ooh. And yeah, we wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to BSOD, but like, wait, w- well, that means if you dereference the, the podcast itself, then you get a seg fault. Is that really a good idea? Don't you think you should put like a stub pointer there? Hey, okay, I'll it's show a up. risk people just have to take. A stub pointer? Is he a, is he a grower, not a shower? Moving on, we should probably finish this episode and stop giving shit to our guest. But why should people listen to Rare Encounter? What will they get on an average episode of Rare Encounter? A lot of nerdity, actually. I like Generally, that. we don't just talk about anime. We, we tend to talk about other topics as well. Uh, a lot, some of which is still related to anime. anime. Like, we'll talk about visual novels. But, I mean, on the last episode, we were talking about killer whales. We were talking about... Uh, extracting gps data from gopro videos and the mpeg container format we're talking about image editors uh tabletop games so it's generally it's generally it's generally about tech and entertainment products so if if grumpy old ben's duped you into thinking that you were going to get a tech show and all you got was us instead go listen to rare encounter where they do talk about tech topics well after they talk about anime and all the other stuff. Is that better or worse I mean, than politics? Still, um, a lot of it is is anime and anime related games. It's not really that much tech. The tech the tech this time was more because is because I was looking at OpenStreetMap and and saw errors and I wanted to correct it with with information that I've actually personally gathered. When it comes to that, that's more something for discussing on maps with matt if he ever makes new episodes and takes on a guest wow. oh yes cold acid coming in with the burn of sir matt and, and with that I, I feel like we should finish i can't top that one yeah i, I sir matt you know i love you he's busting no on his canadian brethren there i don't know and, and sir matthew is in the troll room <laughs> and if you're not in the troll room when we do these things live no agenda stream.com we love you sir matthew we're just waiting to hear i don't even care what sir matthew what he says, he has one of those voices that is so melodic and so sing song that if you just want to sit back and relax, it's you know better than any kind of meditation music, any kind of, you know, I don't want to listen to no like piano or sitar or anything. I, I want to hear Sir Matthew talk about maps and we need more of that. But we appreciate you coming on the show, Cold Acid. We appreciate everybody in the troll room for hanging out with us. As the crowds actually seem to be gathering as the episodes keep moving up, which is a good thing. And uh, I think Grumpy Old Ben's after the election will become more of a tech show than it is a politics You'd show. I'd like to think so. I would like to. I'm hoping. Do, do you honestly think that politics will somehow get better after the election? <laughs> no, but I think it'll get less interesting to talk about. But hey, are Darren, you are you sure? Because. 
because Ryan really likes talking about politics from what I've gathered. I know he seems to like to talk about politics, Frank Sinatra. Um, there's a, there's a few topics that if you get him going on, he just won't stop. He really likes to talk about no agenda album art and music and all that kind of stuff. So we'll get, we'll, we'll pivot into more of a, an art and music show maybe in November. And yeah, uh, he really loved that, uh, uh, that music conversation on the last episode, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Just let us know. Gave me lots of opportunities. Go have, go to the bathroom, have a really nice long sit. (laughs) Hey, let us know what you want to hear on grumpy old Ben's Darren D a R R E N at grumpy old Ben's.com or Ryan R Y a N at grumpy old Ben's.com. But with that said, we'll wrap this one up by saying I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac where the Rona Avenger will never get me. And from America's left coast, where there are currently no teenagers on my lawn, I'm Ryan Bemrose. But there may be. Thanks, cold acid. 